What is up, fine folks? Welcome to episode 23. We're off to a hot start, let yeah, me tell you. I, I, I'm Jay. I'm Tanner. We have, we're we already giggly. This, <laughs> this, is, this is something. Uh, just to make it well known, I was yeah. at a wedding of a good old friend last night. Oh. Uh, so I will not be partaking in anything of the alcoholic variety yeah. this day. Uh, I chose my favorite Gatorade, which is Glacier Freeze. <laughs> uh, disturbingly, uh-huh. the last two times I've gone into a gas station looking for the sports drink that I wanted, yeah, they didn't have it. Okay, and it's been the Mountain Berry, so the classic blue Powerade, right? Oh, it's my favorite sports drink. Okay. It's a little unnerving to me. I don't know why. They is that, every are other they, one. Are they just phasing it out? Is Coke saying no? I don't know why. They, I feel like that's the most popular flavor. Yeah. Either that or the fruit punch. Yeah. Like, why does Powerade exist if but, you don't have blue? But fruit punch is trash. Mm. IMO in both sports drink and varieties. I, I'm, I'm just drinking sweet tea, which is kind of brewed, I guess. It I guess. is brewed. But there's a loophole there. I, what does brewed even really mean? <laughs> I think it's like a collection of wrestlers from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Tanner, what have you been playing recently? Uh, new stuff. I actually have stuff to report on. Okay. Uh, mainly, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered. I finally Yay! finally bought it. Uh, it was it was time. It's on sale. The PS5 version's on sale. And, you know, this is something I think we've talked about on this podcast that, like, I'm just waiting for a sale and I'll get it. And I've got it. Uh, really fun. Like, I, I'm less nostalgic for 1 and 2 than mm. I am for the later ones, like 3, 4, Underground. But there's still such a nostalgic feeling with the soundtrack and just the gameplay is smooth and it feels great and it looks really good. Like, I was surprised at, especially the HDR. There's like 17 HDR options on this game, like when you boot it up. Uh, So I was really impressed with that. Also, I thought it was interesting that they've added songs. Yeah. They've added modern songs. There was like a token song on there. There were a couple other songs. It was like, oh, they've they've filled out the soundtrack for like 2020. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really fun. I rec- If you're in any way nostalgic, even if you're like me where I played one and two, but I definitely got more into them and deeper into them later, uh, still pick it up because it, it's, it's one of those that just like the experience of it is so nostalgic. Yeah. And I was the same way, like... I would say, yeah, I guess three and four is really where I, you know, hit the ground running and then yeah. was so all in on Underground 1 and 2. Yeah, same. But when I jumped into all these levels, like, oh, I remember this level. Mm. I found myself yeah, doing yeah. that with pretty much every level yeah, in those the, first two because I had still played those a little sure. bit. Well, the first, I was like, I don't remember what the first level is. And then I open it up. I'm like, oh, it's this one. Yeah, the warehouse. Yeah, yeah. and then like, oh, it's the school, right. Yep. Or, you know, I'm, I'm slowly getting my way because I'm trying to do the thing. Where you do all of the objectives and then yeah, go to the next yeah. map, as opposed to because if you don't know the structure of Tony Hawk games, uh, you know you get or the early ones before there was like a career mode. You have a setting, you have all these little things like get the score of this in the amount of time, get this, get uh, collect all this letters of skate, uh, find the secret tape, shit like that. Um, so there are like what ten or so like probably that. of of each of those little challenges per map, but you only need to do like four or five to unlock the next map. So midway through playing, it'll be like, you unlocked so-and-so. Do you want to go? And I'm like, no. Yeah. Let me stay here. Let me grind it out. Hey, that was unintentional. Uh, But yeah, no, I I like the challenge. It's actually harder than I remember, Mm -hmm. at least to do all those things. Um, Because like some of the combo things. The score challenges can get pretty challenging. Yeah. You kind of got to find your, uh, (laughs) you got to find your like, your one spot. Where you're like, all right, I know that starting off, 
I'm going to ollie up, do two kick flips, grind, yep. change rails, grind here. And I know that's like 40,000 points and then we're off to a good start. Um, so that's fun too. It's almost like a puzzle game in, in that way of, okay, here's all this stuff that you can play with. Now you have to find how it all pieces together. In the warehouse, there is three half pipes right in a row separated by two ramps coming down that like splits it into thirds. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you can pretty much do an endless combo of like grind, That's- ollie, grind, Jump off the wall, grind your, and just go back and forth, yeah. pretty much infinitely. Yeah, that's a really good way to. That's how I got the high score. Yeah. one on that one. Yeah, because it's it's so nice that you can just because grinding isn't as hard as I remembered it as a kid. It's always like, whoa, yeah. I got to find the balance. <clears throat> now it's like you know, as long as you kind of stay in the pocket, you're good. Um, and with shorter rails like that too, it doesn't even really give you that much time to fail. So, like, as long as you just kind of stay in the middle yeah, line, it's like great. Touch grinds. Yeah, so that's what I've been playing. <clears throat> Obviously, more 2K. Mm-hmm. Uh, NBA season is, is in full swing now, and uh, it's it's been just a great... I'll play 2K on one screen, have a game up on the other, and it's it's a good time. Whereas I completed Ghost of Tsushima hey, Director's Cut. Congrats. At least the original story. Mm. I've just begun to explore Iki Island, the expansion, Okay. Uh, and sort of get into the story there, which seems to have to do... A lot more with like Jin Sakai's familial legacy. Okay. I won't get too deep into it for anyone who still wants to play it. This is a relatively new game and expansion. Yeah. Uh, but Ghost of Tsushima just still a pretty immaculately designed rock solid game. Yeah. I, I'm not going to spoil anything. However, when you reach the end of the game, mm-hmm. you are presented with a choice. Okay. Of two ways you can go. Sure. I think the way most people would go is the way that I went the first time, mm-hmm. the choice that I made, just to see the flip side. Sure. I chose the other one this time, and I kind of liked it more. Oh, interesting. Even okay. though it kind of made me feel evil. All right. I, I like that. It was good. I like actually was like, oh, okay. A more interesting character. Yeah, and there was so, yeah, there was a really interesting like character moment that happened because of that other ending choice sure. that I really appreciated. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, huh. Ghost of Tsushima still. Rock solid. I wonder how they'll uh, address that in a sequel, which I assume is coming. Yeah. Uh, I, I I mean, we That's know that point. Sucker Punch has done this with Infamous before, yeah. where it's just like, actually, one ending is canon, but the other one is... It, yeah. yeah, so th- we're going off of the bad ending or good ending or whatever, but if you took the other one, that's fine. Yeah. I tend to not like when games do that. Me either. Because... It's not like it feels any different in your playthrough as if it's canon or not. Right, yeah. So It's your playthrough. Yeah, that is, that is canon. So it's kind of like you have to, if they're going to do that, in whatever the sequel game has to be, you just can't address either ending whatsoever. Right. You just yeah, have to yeah. leave it in the dust. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the news. Okay. We've got a lot of big stuff to talk about. All right. The first one I think you'll have more to say about than me. Okay. Because last week, the entire Twitch source code was leaked, <laughs> yeah. amongst other things. I, I assume you had more information, or at least a, can glean a better perspective about yeah, this. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure exactly like what actually happened, but I know the results of what happened. So, yeah, the entire website was leaked. I don't know how that even happens. I don't even know like what you even do to do that. Uh, and that is, I guess, a little bit less interesting, weirdly, than some of the other stuff that came out of it, which... I think in the streamer community has become kind of a joke mm-hmm. is that uh, somehow the top 10,000 streamers as far as uh, revenue earned since this really arbitrary date of like September 2019. It was uh-huh. a very odd day. Uh, that was leaked. So then people could see not only who ranked among who, but how much these people were making. Sure. And there was this kind of recoil 
in like very specific parts of like Twitch chat community where they're like, wait, why are we giving these people $5 a month if they're making, you know, a million bucks? You know, like the the Pokimanes and the Valkyries and, sure. you know, like no shade to them whatsoever. Just, you know, the, the people who are high earners, um, like m- making moguls of themselves through Twitch. And people are like, wait, why are we giving them $5 again? Uh, I did make the cut. I don't know where, because someone, uh, a buddy of mine, Bree, she was like, dorm. You made it. And I was like, what? Because I hadn't heard that this was out. I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, you're number 7,680 or something. I was like, wait, what? Uh, hold on. Let me find which number I am. Hey, I, that's some clout for this podcast yeah, right we're, here. <laughs> the, we were in, in the leak. That's true. Uh, I got to find it. But yeah, it was it was just more funny. I saw a few people that, like a friends of mine, that were making their number, their Twitter username. <laughs> so they were just like 4516 or whatever. Uh, so ultimately I don't think it was a big deal. There was a little bit of a scare with like, uh, like two factor authorization. Uh, authorization. Yeah. Passwords. Turns out that that's probably not what was, what people were after. I think it was more an attack on Twitch than people themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, also I was nine, four, three, one. I barely nine, made four, the cut, three, uh, but top 10,000 streamer, baby. <laughs> What's up? Uh, in terms of revenue, I guess, but yeah, no, it's I, I thought it was funny. Ultimately, you know, I like, I, yes, I stream on Twitch, but also it's Amazon. <laughs> it's always funny when a big corporation gets kind of clowned yeah, in the public forum is. like this. Uh, and it seems like most people just kind of ran with the joke and, and it was fine. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any true repercussions other than hopefully not. We gained some interesting knowledge. Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, it's kind of like a WikiLeaks situation. Yeah. Next story. And this is a big one. For all okay. of our PC gaming friends. All right. God of War. Yeah. Is officially heading to PC on January 14th, 2022. Tanner. Pretty, pretty soon. This is significant, I feel. Yes, it is. I agree. Uh, uh, go ahead. Just because Kratos is the tentpole exclusive character yep. among Sony. Yep. To see him cross over is actually maybe a sign that, you know, warming feelings towards putting games on other platforms. Yeah. Uh, which is great. I think we're both very much in support of this. As many people can play it, that's great. Uh, I have friends still who are, you know, because I've, when I was streaming more regularly, I'm going to go back to that, but uh, was playing through God of War again. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, hey, you know, I'll stay for the just chatting or whatever, but I, I got to leave because I still haven't been able to play it. I don't have anything to play it on. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are PC gamers. So very excited for everyone to experience this game for the first time. This kind of surprised me. It kind of came out of nowhere. Um yeah, I think it's a proof point of a few things. A, like you said, Sony's philosophy of, all right, we're going to start really pumping stuff out here. Because uh, this is by far, I think, the biggest property to come to PC. Definitely. Because like what so far? It was like Horizon, Death Stranding. Bloodborne, right? Bloodborne uh, no, Bloodborne's not on not PC. Uh, Days Gone, I think, maybe oh, is on was, PC. There was a, uh, the reason I mentioned that, there's rumors that Bloodborne might be coming to PC. Right. That's what made me Which think would that. be amazing. Yeah. Because then we can get our 4K upscaled, Bloodborne, 60 frames, all that all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've tested the waters a few times. I think we've talked about it on this podcast now. It's been going long enough. But this is by far the biggest commitment to PC. And to me, says, oh shit, we're making real money here. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you do this with God of War, like one of your... I still think that's a reason people would buy a PS4 or PS5 is to play the original God oh, of War. Oh, absolutely. Now, granted, they wouldn't do this if God of War didn't have an impending sequel. Exactly. That's, that's the point I was going to bring the up. Sale, that's the sale point. They're not going to put God of War Ragnarok on PC day one. They're just exactly. not. Um, this is a PS5 selling move. Exactly. They're like, hey, 
You want to see the sequel? Guess what? You can play the first now. It's it's there for your taking if you want it. You've heard such great things. Give it a shot. And when you want to play the sequel, we got PS5s, maybe, if you can get your hands yeah, on some. Hopefully, by um, then. Yeah, so it's... I feel like we've been saying hopefully by then for like a year and a half now. It's good. Uh, once again, not for us. Thank the Lord. Sure, yeah. We were, we were, we were on it. Um... But yeah, I, I just hope everybody who can get a PS5 or who wants a PS5 can get one Absolutely. in time for the sequel. But now this gives them a little bit more of a window to be caught up and ready for it if they can't get a PS5 in the meantime. Yeah. And just to reiterate, as I've said and we've said many times, if you have not played God of War, if this is becoming your first chance to play it, you should waste no time. Yeah. Because no, this, is, this should be number one on your list. It's genuinely... One of the greatest games ever made. Yeah, I agree. Like it's num- number two for me all time. It just won an IGN tournament poll, crowning it the greatest game of all time. Yeah, which is pretty remarkable. Like, obviously, don't let the hype. You, you know, it's always such a hard. It's it's razor thin, right? Yeah. Like, I want to recommend this as holistically as I can possibly recommend it. At the same time, don't go into it with because it's always sucks when you go into something with like this is the greatest thing of all time expectations right even when i played ocarina which i really really enjoyed i was maybe a smidge let down because like oh this is the greatest game of all time you know so go into it with tampered expectations but no it will deliver and i will say the first time i played it i loved it but i was not like 10 out of 10 this is amazing on Mm. it i was probably like a nine on it okay and then played it again respected and understood things that I didn't get from it the first time. Mm. And I've played it once more since then. And now I'm like, okay, it's cemented and it's oddly replayable just because the gameplay is is so damn fun. Yeah. The gameplay is fun. There are so many little, you know, knowing the way the story goes, little moment to moment beats that you maybe didn't catch on the first place. You can look for things in a way that other games don't really allow you to. And they, I mean, I think, uh, Corey Barlog on one of the podcasts that they've done has been like, no, we put a lot of hints in the very beginning of the, like there there are are hints throughout. There are Um, a lot of spoilable things that if you go in looking for, maybe you could catch them where other people did not. I certainly, even on replays, I have not really been able to find a lot of this stuff that he's teased. There's one thing that I'm almost certain I understand now, but it's so... It's like you have to think like three layers deep to even get there. Like, it's very smart because it's a little wink and a nod to people who've played it, but if you haven't played it, you're not going to pick it up as like, oh, that's the thing people are talking about. Um, So yeah, it's it's very replayable, like you said. It's a beautiful game. I cannot wait to see what this looks like. It'll be stunning. On people's like 4K monitors and shit. Like, I... Yeah, I'm so excited for people to play this. God bless you if you haven't played it yet. You yeah. have a fun first go-round. <laughs> You're lucky, in a way. Next story. Elden Ring has been delayed. Oh, I didn't see this. Just a month. Oh, okay. Delayed to February 25th, 2022. Hmm. Now, obviously, hurts a smidge, but I'm like, I don't... It's a month. It's yeah. not a year. It's not an indefinite... Right. I can wait a few more weeks. Sure. Um, clean up what you need to clean up. Yeah. But I wanted to add this addendum. Okay. This is the lineup now for February 2022. Oh. Life is Strange Remastered Collection. Right. Dying Light 2. Good. Horizon Forbidden West. Right. Destiny 2 The Witch Queen Expansion. Whoa. Sifu. Right. Elden Ring. Holy shit. And the Saints Row Reboot. Oh, that's this soon? At least that's what it's tabbed we for right now. We haven't seen anything from I know. that game. According wow. to Metacritic, it is tabbed for the end of February. So all of those games... Is February the is new... February. Is February the new November? <laughs> February is probably... It, 
I kind of count like October and November together yeah, as like the, the holiday. holiday. But I do think like February and March mm. are like the runner up like era for good video game releases. Yeah, I think uh, you know a game. Funny enough, the Dying Light Two is there, a game that we always point to of like you don't have to come out on holiday to be successful, and sometimes it's actually better if you don't. Was Dying Light One because yeah. it, it was the first game, whatever year it came out. Uh, it was the first game after the holiday wave where people have played through most of the games they've gotten for Christmas or whatever. And now it's like, all right, I'm ready to start a new game. And it hit the perfect timing there. So I, it makes sense that companies have picked up on that. And I feel like game launches now, it almost matters nothing when the game actually comes out. Yeah. Like I'm sure, you know, your Call of Duties and your Maddens and your 2Ks get a sales boost for holiday. But if you're something that like the the gaming community as a whole, like people who read IGN or, you know, the people who care that much. Uh, I don't think to us, it matters if a game comes out in March or September, no, like it does just as long as it's out. So let me ask you this question about this lineup here. Okay. Let's assume that none of these get delayed. Okay. So they all come out in February. Which one gets eaten alive mm. by the rest? Because if I had to put my money on it, it's saints row. Mm. I think saints row would, benefit the most from moving out of this window yeah no i agree especially because we haven't seen a lot of it yeah like that may give you a little more time and who knows there might be you know they might be big at the game awards or something Mm -hmm. they might you know show out there uh i would say like sifu i think is a different kind i don't think it's quite the level of and that's the thing it's like you can sort of afford the mental headspace to play a couple of these big games and a couple of the The smaller smaller ones right but to play Dying Light 2, Horizon, Elden Ring, Saints Row, and if you're going to get the Destiny 2 expansion, like that's too many things. Right, you don't have enough time. I I kind of say runner-up, then, is Dying Light 2. You think? I think it's very possible that game, because Horizon, I, I could see that. Horizon and Elden Ring are going to lead the charge. I believe, too. And yeah. poor Horizon, man. Horizon 1 gets cannibalized by Breath of the Wild. Horizon 2 is going to get cannibalized by, by, by Elden Ring. Uh, like uh, they by, can't by breath of the souls, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All you know, all the games coverage is going to be about that. So it's poor Horizon. Yeah, they, I mean, they have bad dates. On my level of excitement among these games, Elden Ring is my clear number one. But Dying Light, well, I don't, am I more excited for Dying Light two than I am Horizon? Horizon's kinda, a weird one. I kind of think I am. I have tempered excitement for that game, and yeah. I don't know why. I just, but it's like I'm going to get it. I'm going to play it. Oh, I'm yeah, going to like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It's a weird emotional headspace to be in. Yeah. I wonder if it's just because it was so long ago. Sure. I mean, it wasn't, you know. It's 2017, right? Eons ago. Uh, I believe so. When it first yes, came out. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 2017. Yeah. Because uh, I think it was February 2017 and then Breath of the Wild yeah. was March. So it'll be a five-year gap. Yeah. Which is, you know, significant. And I don't think that Horizon quite had the staying power of a game that you would still be, like, chomping at the bit sure. to play the next one. Um, you know, the gameplay was fun. The story was interesting. There were there were there were a little bit rougher edges around Horizon One than something like you know God of War or Last of Us or something where we're just like you can give us that sequel in ten years and we'll still be excited. Yeah. So I'm assuming Gorilla's a really talented studio. I'm assuming that they will have ironed out all those. That's kinks, the thing. Like you have to assume that a lot of the things will be cleaned up. Yes. Uh, I just I, I I guess my worry is like I'm not as interested in that world as other worlds. I guess. I agree. With so that. I, I I hope that they give me something to really bite into there. But I am interested in Dying Light. Oddly, like, I'm truly mm. excited. I still for Dying need to Light play the too. first one. At all? No, I played like four hours and then got something came out and like something new and I got playing it and never went back. So yeah, I need to go back. It's about as sleeper hit of a game as mm. I can remember. It's so good. 
All right. Next story. Tanner? Yeah. We might have hit the jackpot finally. Oh? Multiple reports have indicated that a new Splinter Cell game right. is officially in development at Ubisoft. No official announcement yet. Sure. But there are very, you know, certifiable reports out there that this game is happening. It's about damn time. It's the about damn time. Yeah, we've we've been saying this, I think... If you go and look, not just at ours, but anyone's E3 predictions ever, mm-hmm. someone says Splinter Cell. It's just one of those properties, you know, I think we're in a we're in an interesting spot with entertainment as a whole, uh, where a lot of a lot of companies, not just gaming companies, movie companies, show companies, you know, entertainment companies altogether, are looking at their older properties and saying, All right, what do we have that people want? Because that is, you know, that's a big thing now. We have you know, reboots succeed with varying levels of success always, but, you know, even them taking, like, 12 monkeys and making it a show, yeah. or, you know, there are little things like that where they're like, all right, what can we put a new spin on? So it's surprising when gaming companies don't do that, uh, and I think we're kind of used to that now of, at E3, the biggest announcements are new IP, mm-hmm. but I think announcements that get even more fanfare are the bringing backs of old IP. Very true. Um, I think those trailers, because people are so attached to those memories. So it makes sense. I feel like Ubisoft should be making a lot more games that are older than, you know, a 16th Rainbow Six game. But like Splinter Cell is a good start and hopefully it goes back to its roots and it is as stealthy and, you know, as sneaky as people want it to be and not just some like Call of Duty clone. I've been seeing some takes fly around that I don't appreciate. Okay. And let me say this as, you know, I should dispel any preconceived notions that I'm a diehard, long-time legacy Splinter Cell fan. Sure. I have only played Splinter Cell Blacklist. Which a lot of fans don't like, but you and I both I are big love fans it. of. Like, yeah. It was awesome. Linear, but super, like, in-depth, tactical, stealth. Yeah. A lot of uh, different mechanics, different, you know, mechanisms that you could use. Really, really, really dug Blacklist. Yeah. And that's the kind of game that I've been wanting to see just sort of upscaled up. Just make a prettier Blacklist clone. That's sure. kind of what I want. Yeah, yeah. Um, but some people are like, I guess the takes are let Splinter Cell die. Like, we don't need the return of Splinter Cell. Like, there mm. are other things. I think that the quality thing that they should do is take a little bit of a note from Hitman mm. and make it more explorable stage based and a yes. little less linear. That's a great like Blacklist great was to some degree stage based at times. Like there were as a, a little bit of things you could explore, different routes you could take. Yeah. But it was not the same scale as Hitman stages, which are these mini open worlds basically. Right, yeah. I think that's the route that I would like them to take. But just take all that humor and levity that Hitman brings mm-hmm. And bring legit like espionage, yeah. Mission Impossible, yeah. You know, Captain America, Winter Soldier kind of vibes, right? Yeah. Into this game, no, I think that's a, a great point because I I think more games need to follow the Hitman model because yeah. it's awesome. Uh, and Splinter Cell makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, there's a lot of parallels there. You're both kind of you're trying to stay hidden and all that. You know, Hitman's more about hiding in plain sight, but the idea of having these miniature saturated that's the thing with hitman too the saturation yep. of those worlds like every room you walk into has something um so give that level of saturation to a game where you might be sitting in a box for like you know a, a minute or two and then you can look at a poster and be like oh that's clever like just little shit like that is so rewarding and i think yeah i think hitman is a perfect comp and i, I would love to see splinter cell take on that sort of idea now considering that this is just now even being 
confirmed to be being developed at all. Yeah. Who knows when this game? Oh, it's like twenty twenty five. Like it'll be a while. Yeah. But at least we, we don't know. No. But we kind of know yeah. that it's coming. So yeah, that's good. Thank the Lord. Next story: GTA Remastered Trilogy, which we've finally seen footage from now, yep. is due out November 11th. And we were sort of saying it looks interesting. It looks you know, okay. It does. Uh, it, I saw one headline that said it looks fantastic, and I'm like, mm, mm, I don't know about l- that. Little, chief. little strong on the headline. Uh, I like. You know they're they're bringing a lot of quality of life updates. If you haven't seen the trailer, go watch it. You'll see what we mean. It's it's not it it dev, it definitely looks like a PS three game. It looks now? like a PS. I don't know. Yeah, an early PS three game running at sixty frames. Right. It, yeah. Like. It looks like when uh, people mod into a, an older game and give it like higher res textures. Like there's still some you know there's some little bit of old, like oldness about it. You can't quite put your finger on. Um, to me, the models look like too smooth now uh-huh. in a weird way. Like, I, I made the joke that it looks like Fortnite. Like, it kind of has that weirdness. I saw to someone it. say it looks like The Sims. Oh, that's and a really I'm like, good call. They nailed it. Like, yeah, that's, that's really that's what it. the character models look like. I think. Now, granted, they did add. Like, I like some of the. They, I, I don't know if it was Rockstar or someone else released like actually all the quality of life updates. Yeah. And it was like the the driving in all three of these is now GTA Five driving, mm. which is great. Uh, you know, they've fixed a lot of the camera issues and, you know, just at least they've gone back. I like in a way that they focus the remaster more on gameplay remastering than just visuals. Sure. Uh, cause it, it always sucks when you go back and play a game and you're like, oh, right, this camera's clunky or whatever. Um, so I do enjoy that, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not, it's not $60 for me. I'm I not, agree. I'm not sold at that level anymore. And it's weird because I guess when they first, when we first knew that this was happening. Yeah. My excitement level was very high, but in retrospect, my expectations for what these remasters were going to be were clearly like out the roof, like compared yeah. to what we're actually going to get. Because we thought we were going to get GTA Five visuals, yeah, right. But to expect that, looking back, was kind of ridiculous. Well, but the the rationale for it is that they could have been working on this internally for four years, you know, yeah, y- however like, long. Have their because Rockstar has like. 10 teams or whatever have three of their studios work on this and you know they it's funny one of the things that made me laugh in the sort of breakdown they the, the text breakdown that they tweeted was like higher resolution textures not high resolution <laughs> textures just higher uh-huh. which really made me laugh but uh yeah i'm i'm excited i think it'll be really awesome to play eventually i just it's not a day one get anymore for me it's one of the things yeah i'll, I'll buy it on sale yeah or if they ever get around to announcing GTA Six, and it's some if, like there were you know speculation that it could be like a Vice City set mm-hmm. game. Yeah. If it were like a Vice City game, I would get this just so I could get a better right, right, understanding right. of Vice City or something yeah. like that. Since I didn't play it back in the day. Right. That's one of our few like age gap things <clears throat> yeah. where I love Vice City. And I don't know if it's as much as an age gap is just like I did not. I didn't push the limits of the ESRB ratings mm. too much. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. I was like, ooh, I'm eight and I'm playing Tony Hawk and it's rated T. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm a bad boy. I'm a little boy. edgy. <laughs> Don't say I like I, yeah, I was a little bad little boy. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Final story. Okay. The Uncharted movie trailer. It looks good. It does look good. I was so excited about it because I, you know, Tempered expectations with this, of course. I think, going into it, and still, really, but honestly, my expectations would not be tempered if someone besides Mark Wahlberg were playing Sully. 
That's my only real critique. Who would you cast as Sully? Uh, what I saw the other day, and it's tough because if you were saying who are you going to cast, if Tom Holland is Drake, sure, so I don't younger, know. yeah. But I did see a fan casting that was Jake Gyllenhaal as Drake, and then uh, the guy who plays uh, General Ross in Hulk in the MCU. Oh, God. I forget his name. I can picture his face, and he looks just like Sully. Uh, oh, it's been so long since I've seen Hulk. Ernest, no. Borg nine, that guy's dead. De Ernest Johnson, shout out. <laughs> my, oh, my Whitney, my fantasy. Yeah, week week. what is this guy's name? What were the? I just looked up General Ross just to see his picture. What is your William, name, my guy? William, William Hurt. Hurt. Yes, that's it. Yeah, William Hurt would make a good Sully. He's got the look. He does. And you can picture him, you know, saying, I'll be go to hell. Like, <laughs> or or just cast Sam Elliott. <laughs> Ooh, I would like that Sam Elliott. Yeah. He's a little old, though. So, you know, tempered expectations about Mark Wahlberg's performance. Yeah. Everything else looks great. Sure. Uh, and I was particularly excited to see, and I guess we can say a little bit, because the scene in the trailer that is in direct homage to Uncharted 3, sure, yeah, yeah. the airplane sequence. That was awesome. Was, I was so excited to see that they're doing that. Yeah, me too. Uh, uh, I just, I went to look it up and then I remembered. I was like, who would I want to play Sully? Give me Tom Selleck as Sully. Ooh, yeah. Classic mustache. That He's a good actor. Good. I like Tom Selleck. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm interested about this like age difference thing. Is Burt Reynolds still alive? Yes. He'd be a good Sully. He would, yeah. We're just looking at people with mustaches now. Um, but, uh, like, it's interesting to me. I guess they gave... Because I think originally wasn't the casting that, like, Tom Holland was going to be young Drake and Mark Wahlberg was going to be Drake. Wasn't that originally the casting and then I, it got shifted at some point? I don't think it was that. Okay. I think that maybe people's... That might have been the rumor. Or people's perception of who Tom Holland was going to be once it was announced that Tom Holland was Drake. Right. They are like, oh... This is going to be a young Drake story. Yeah. Which it kind of is, but it's like 20s Drake. It's not right. like teenage Drake. Sure, yeah. Which I'm cool with. Like, I don't need it to be accurate. No. I don't need I don't need whoever plays Drake to be 40 or whatever, however old Now, I did is. see someone say, because in the trailer, Antonio Banderas is pre- presumably the main antagonist. Yeah. Uh, and he goes up to Tom Hall and he's like, you're an art collector. <laughs> And it's weird to see a guy that's like my age yeah. talking about like, oh yeah, I'm an art. I'm an collector. art collector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So, and maybe they'll provide more context in the I, actual I, movie. I wonder who he's playing. Banderas. Yeah, is he playing the guy from Uncharted One? I don't think he's going to directly be playing. Okay, no. so maybe it's just a villain for the movie. That's what I'm. Which I'm cool with. Believing. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be a direct. No. You know, because it's obviously not just Uncharted One. No, there, we've seen there's elements from bits of everything. There's elements from three, four, yeah. one. I don't know if I saw anything from two. Chloe. Oh yeah, good point. Presumably that girl is Chloe. She, has she looks to be like Chloe. Chloe. She's very pretty. Uh, I will say though, I I am interested and kind of like okay with how many times Sam gets name dropped. That was my thing. Sam with was Uncharted name dropped twice four. in the trailer, and if you don't know Uncharted, I guess it's is it a spoiler to talk about who Sam is? I guess it is a little bit. Well, it's not really a spoiler, I don't think, because there's a lot to uncover about Sam and whatever. I'll just say, Sam is a character from Drake's past that we don't learn about until Uncharted 4. So he's not brought up in 1, 2, or 3, and that's some people's main critique of 4. It is my main critique of is 4. That it, yeah, and mine too, is that you know this character comes out of nowhere and, comes, and becomes very important. So it's interesting to see them lay the groundwork for Sam as a character 
so early on. Like, oh, I wait. think that's smart. In the trailer, he says, my brother Sam. Never yeah, mind. I was going to say, I think I already said my brother Sam. Yeah, but. okay. So, anyway, yeah, Sam being his brother that comes out of nowhere is a big turnoff for a lot of people from Uncharted 4. For, but I get it, but, you know, I like that character, I guess. I think that's smart of them, though. If they're planning on making multiple of these sure. movies, oh, yeah. lay the groundwork for Sam and then bring Sam in yeah. later as though it actually makes sense in a way that it did not very well in the actual games. Who plays Sam? Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> who could play? Who looks like an older Tom Holland? Mm. Make Troy, just make Troy Baker play Sam. I was going to I mean, he could do it. <laughs> All right. That is it for the news. Yeah. And I have what I'm going to say is two big topics. Okay. A split big topics. All right. And we're going to just jump off from two of our stories. Okay. So let's jump off from this one first. Yeah. Let's just talk about what video games need to be made into movies. Like, mm. Because I think that among the ones that they've done, they've chosen wrong a lot of times. Yes, Mortal I agree. Mortal Kombat did not need to be a movie. <laughs> it didn't need to be a movie in the 90s. It didn't need to be a movie this year. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Uncharted is a good one. Like, obviously, Uncharted, yes. the pulp adventure, it's just Indiana Jones warmed over, like... Fine. Like, that makes perfect sense. But, like, what video game would you like to be seen converted to film? And let's just hash it out. This is a informal discussion. Yeah, open, open uh, talk here. My, uh, my gut reaction is Bioshock. Oh, that's it. You like, nailed it. All right, conversation done. We're done. Because just... Yeah, you gotta have a... Yeah. The character of Andrew Ryan on screen mm. would be amazing. The Just seeing that world yeah. turned into a movie would be incredible. And the plot reveals, like, everything that goes into... And they could make the ending better. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 for sure. It would work a lot better in a movie than yeah, it does in a really video would. game. Because uh, that was from the era when you had to have a big boss fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Bioshock's a great call. I think you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head here where... A lot of times, I think Hollywood looks at a video game as almost like, okay, these characters are popular. What what happens if these characters are in a movie? Uh-huh. As opposed to, let's take this story from this game and adapt it to film. Sure. Because, like, the Hitman movie, like, that's a thing that happened. It did. And Shout it was, out to Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Deadwood, what's up? Uh Th- th- that was terrible because <laughs> Hitman has no charisma. That's kind of the charm of him. But unless you're going to go really goofy, which is what the games are, it doesn't really work. So I I wonder if, you know, we, we have to look at, like Bioshock is the perfect example, where we have to look at really great stories. Sure. I mean, God of War would make a really good movie. It would. And that makes me think of like uh, one of those movies, like Clash of the Titans. Mm. That's basically your closest analog right. to like what a God of the, War movie would the be. Hero's Journey, what they call yeah. those movies. Percy Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Percy Jackson, God of War, the same thing. <laughs> what was that noise? They're kind of the same. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities. Okay, I'm gonna. Hmm. I'm ruminating. We've already get. We're already getting The Last of Us as a TV show. Yeah, so that doesn't really that. apply. Really good video game stories. stories, worlds, maybe. We've had basically multiple. I mean, every war movie is basically a Call of Duty movie. That's true. Yeah, uh, I would not be shocked in the slightest if someone made a movie called Call of Duty. Oh, absolutely! Like, I bet it happens. Yeah, it'll happen at some point for sure. Don't make one called Medal of Honor, though. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably a movie already called Medal of probably. Honor. Probably. Uh, I, I for some reason I just see Netflix producing Call of Duty. 
hold on. You know what? Mo- you know what movie's one hundred percent going to get made? What's that? The Minecraft movie. Oh, I'm surprised it hasn't already. You know? Yeah. Like considering we're about to get a Mario movie again, starring the one and only Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> uh, the weirdest casting of the year. Yeah, that seems inevitable now that I think about it. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, I mean, we got what, for better or worse, we got two Angry Birds movies. <laughs> Those I forgot both about happened. that. I really, I forgot about that. I've not seen either of them, but they did. What could the plot possibly have been? I don't know. And does the black bird actually explode in the movie? <laughs> That's a good point. Like, do they resuscitate? Like, how does that, how does that work? Man, I'm really racking my brain. Yeah, I know. Hold on. I, I have a list. Of Pull her up. <laughs> Pull, also, Bengals are up 10-3 on the Ravens. Oh. Uh, That's kind of surprising. It is. Uh, okay. I'm just going to look up. I was going to look up games, but I feel like that's not going to help me very much. Hmm. All right. I have my games of the decade list, at least. Oh, Red Dead. Mm, That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. Western Odyssey. You get, you know, I would probably the story of Red Dead 1. I mean, Red, Red Dead 2 would work, too, but that's such a long Here's story. Here's where Sam Elliott gets casted. Yeah. As somebody. Yeah, I he's got to be somebody. Um. Oh, yeah, just seeing, like, Dutch versus either Marston or Arthur Morgan on film would yeah, be awesome. it would make a lot of sense. Because, uh, well, I mean, in a way, you could start with Red Dead 2, I guess, because it is a prequel. Yeah. And I think, I think personally, the most interesting story beat in either of those games is Dutch's slow turn. Mm. Like, I love that. I love how long it takes. I love that you're, like not sure of him for a while. I love all of that. I love that slow burn. So that would be really cool to see in like a two and a half hour movie where he just over time becomes more corrupt and and worse. Uh, (laughs) Okay. This kind of goes against everything we just said. Great. But as far as visuals, I'm, I'm imagining you give this to like bloom house or somebody like that. And it's like lower budget, maybe like a hot young director Give me Hotline Miami, the movie. Mm. And it's more of like a, it's kind of like that, uh, which I didn't see it, but Kate, that movie that just came out, the Netflix movie. I don't know if I'm familiar. Uh, it's with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's like the action star of it. But it's very like neon, underglow type sure. stuff. And it's just like a bloody action movie. Or like Drive is another example. John Wick, mm, I guess. Okay, Those yeah, Give yeah. me that kind of like one person revenge story type thing but it's hotline miami so you have some of the weird art like you have the masks and all these all this lighting and this like synth wave soundtrack i think that could be a fun a fun, fun film environment and that you know unlike hitman which has no charisma hotline miami just has kind of blank slates for characters they are all just visuals so you could make them whatever you want yeah. um so that kind of gives the the scriptwriter a little bit more room to play in uh, all right, I'm going to go to more modern stuff. <laughs> I almost just said Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, I would... I'll probably take the that over what Spider-Man's going to be in about five years. <laughs> From Sony? Wait, what if they just let... Uh, oh my god, I've forgotten the studio's name. Marvel. No, for Spider-Man. <laughs> Sony. Insomniac. What if they just no. let... What if they just let Insomniac write Spider-Man the movie? I wish. That be that would be kind of smart. You have it's the talent. You have the people who know the character. Smarter than whoever wrote Venom and Venom. Let there be carnage. Venom. Venom. Adrenaline. Venom. 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 <laughs> that song is so stupid. Venom. Venom. You know what game thinks it's a movie? <laughs> Detroit Become Human. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Twelve Minutes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, Return of the Obra Dinn would be interesting. I forget the story beats of Return so of the Obra the, Because I've only ever heard it from you. The pitch of Obra Dinn is that you are... It's like... I don't know. when. Whenever ships were the main mode of travel. I don't know what years that is specifically. Because I don't know if it says like a specific sure. year. But a ship comes into harbor with no one on it. You are the insurance person, basically. Like, looking to see if this... If the company is insured for why all these people left or whatever, I forget what the exact like thing is, but you're given this stopwatch that lets you, if you find a body or evidence of a death, go back in time to see when they were killed. Mm. Um, and it's a puzzle game about like figuring out who all these people are. I don't know if that really works as a movie, though, now that I think about it. I just like the setting of Oberdan. Sure. You don't see a lot of non-pirate movies from that time period. Forgot Ratchet and Clank was a movie. Oh yeah, me too. Did you ever see it? No. No, me neither. Probably for the best. Yeah. I heard it was not very good. I heard the game was just because I think the game, the first game's cutscenes were scenes from the movie. <sighs> it was some weird crossover. What about a Bloodborne movie? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, would that well, work? You would. Ha- it almost have to be like the prequel to the game. It would have to mm, involve like the fall of Yarnum. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Shoot, I'm trying to think of the names of like the two like opposing characters, mm. uh, the church and the scholars. That's that's basically what it is. Yeah. Um, and there's the guy when you walk out before you fight uh, Rom onto that platform, and he's sitting there in the rocking chair, right? And he does a little like with his staff. He, like, yeah. Points out there, it's that guy. Okay. And someone else. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the corruption of the blood. That would be an interesting sort of story that almost I think works more as like a show like a Netflix show of like just seeing all these little characters and you know almost not monster of the weekish but that could give you the big action moments without it feeling like forced if they went really Kurosawa with it Mm. Sekiro would make a really cool movie oh yeah for sure Um, I mean that's it's kind of a weird thing right because like Sekiro is so inspired by Kurosawa that we already kind of have Sekiro the movie, sure. you know? Um, well, and then Ghost of Tsushima is even more so That's Kurosawa. Uh, yeah, Sekiro would be, if you get somebody, like, really into the Kurosawa, you know, mindset. I'm not. I'm trying to think of a modern director who could do it. Give me, like, Quentin Tarantino doing Sekiro. Um, it would be interesting to see sort of, sort of the more fantastical elements brought in. That's the thing. Is like It's a mix between the straight up like samurai swordsmanship Mm -hmm. and that sort of framing um there's the really great shot of one of the boss fights in Sekiro where it's just the swords meet and they're just like locked there for a second yeah like in a wide shot that's very but then there are boss fights and everything that are just completely like ghostly and (laughs) mythical that I think would be really cool yeah that would be interesting I actually like that idea a lot of of kind of giving fresh blood to that genre um and I think Kurosawa type film I mean samurai films I guess in general are underutilized now. Like, yeah. I feel like that's just kind of a genre that went to the wayside. But basically, those are just westerns. Um, so, and westerns kind of died. But yeah. interesting. Man, there's, I mean, Gone Home, that works as like a short film, I think. I sure. don't know if that works as a full length. Although the game is probably the length of a film. Yeah, the game is probably the length of a normal film. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know that all of that works in a movie. Um, <laughs> Injustice? Just did. They just made the animated. I heard it oh, was did not they? very good. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well. That was a good conversation. It was. But I do want to tee it up for the next conversation. But right. if All you right. had to pick your one for a movie, what would you do? Yeah, I think Bioshock. Bioshock. Bioshock's yeah. the pick. I will say one other one. 
PT. Like, no. Trapped in a house horror movie. Please don't. <laughs> Last addendum. Who should play Andrew Ryan if they made Bioshock? Mm. But who would be that, like, imposing... I'm going to look up pictures of Andrew Ryan. He's pretty nondescript. That's what I was thinking, also. Just corporate-looking kind of guy? Like... Oh, he does have that little mustache. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Rafe Fiends? Mm, oh, yeah. That, Voldemort. <laughs> not the role I think of him as, but... But, yeah. As, I think no, he was the guy in Grand Budapest. Um, super what? charismatic, sort of, like, middle-aged... Guys, is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? <laughs> that was pretty good. Leo doesn't work. No. Middle aged. Mark Wahlberg can be the protagonist, so we don't have to see his face. <laughs> You're imagining the movie shot in first, <laughs> first, first. first. It's, it's like, like that movie. Uh, 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 it's got the name in it. Harry, something Harry, isn't it? Uh, get him, Harry. <laughs> Get him, Harry. <laughs> what is the name Hardcore of that? Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry. That's what that's it was. It. You're right. Uh, <laughs> get him, Harry. <laughs> Classic film. Get him, oh, Harry. Oh man, that's my favorite Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> but yeah, I can I can picture like Ray Fiennes as he looks in like Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, picked up and dropped Andrew in, but Ryan. as a more menacing character. Sure. Yeah, that's the best I think I I got. Shout out. Shout out. Play Bioshock. Yeah, it's great. And then we can get the weird Bioshock Infinite movie. That's the one. And see, I almost brought that up because I was like, I almost think that's too complicated. Yeah, like, it's pretty complex. And, you know, maybe you could build up to it. And I don't know if I want to say what I'm about to say. There was like a hidden connection between a couple of films that came out recently. Like how recently? Like the last couple of years, but not the first one. There's a movie that came out in the last couple of years that had a connection to a movie that came out long ago. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, I think that's well known. Okay, so like the Unbreakable verse? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they made Glass, and that's like tying those two movies oh, together. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, that's so spoiled spl- that. Split is, yeah. is in the Unbreakable Split universe. Split and Glass. Imagine making like Bioshock and then... You might not even have to do Bioshock 2, mm. but then that making Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite, but calling it something else. Oh. And like time, that's realizing that it, the two were tied just together. Just call it Infinite? Or something like that. Yeah. That would be really cool. Or Columbia or something like that. Now then, for the people who didn't see the first one, they'd be like, <laughs> what, what in the, the actual hell, does this hell mean? is going on? <laughs> Which would be more fun for us. Yeah, because the ending, that's actually interesting because Bioshock Infinite kind of has two endings. Mm-hmm. The first ending... Well, I think you would reverse them. So, okay. I think the first ending happens... I'm trying to say this without spoiling. But the bigger reveal is like an after credit or something. Mm-hmm. And that's the way you get... But I guess to get the reveal, you have to get to the other one. Maybe don't. Look, this is the kind of... Th- when you play these games, this is the kind of mindset you end up being in. That's true, yeah. It's just like moving puzzle pieces constantly in your head. Right. Anyway. Good games. Let's get on to the last little bit here. Okay. Which is, I'm going to pick up on the story about Elden Ring and about the packed out February that we're about to have. Yeah. I did a little research. Okay. I have surmised what I believe to be five of the most loaded months oh, ever okay. in video games. I like this. This was very hard because to the best of my estimation, I only found one article 
that even related to this topic at all. Okay, we're breaking ground. We totally, like, our games media frames things in terms of years. Sure, not months. We talk about the best years in video games. But for the purposes of, like, the video game business mm-hmm. and how the performance of each game does, month is probably a lot more relevant. Oh, much more important. You know, yeah. it's a lot more about who your competition is right around you. Sure. So, I want to go in what I'm viewing here as increasing order. And I just went through, and I think the one article that I read was right about okay. what month they thought was the best month ever. All right. And that was the only month that the article talked about. So, I had to go find some others. Okay. The first one, though. September 2017. All right. And I'm only acknowledging this month because if on paper it's not like there were a ton of big games, mm-hmm. but it has two tentpole games that came out that people still play. Okay. So it's like the total cumulative number of hours that have come from September of 2017 is right. pretty impressive. Yeah. So the likes of which came out that month. Destiny 2. Okay. Divinity Original Sin 2, which yeah. I know people love. People, people love that game. Metroid Samus Returns on 3DS. All right. Tricky Towers. Hey! Well, that's just, that was just for me. Yeah. SteamWorld Dig 2. Okay. Cuphead. Hey! And Fortnite. Oh, wow. All right. So, to me, Destiny 2 and Fortnite yeah. coming out in the same month and is I mean, pretty Cup, significant. Cuphead is Cuphead's one of those games that... Has lasted yeah. for sure. Like, still has a big community. And that's and all what I that. thought was interesting. It's like to have two of these huge, ongoing platform games, and then a lot of these like really well received indies mm-hmm. in the same month. I thought was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Next, March 2013. All right. And this is big because it had a lot of big names mm-hmm. that may or may not have been the best iterations. <laughs> okay. Some of them are though. Yeah. Tomb Raider. The okay. Reboot. Good game. Really good game. God of War Ascension. Okay. Not not great, but a game. Gears of War Judgment. Never played it, but... Hotline Miami. Hey! Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Okay. Good for those people. Yeah. Luigi's Mansion 2. Oh, wow. That was that long ago? Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, I knew that was early 2013. And Terraria. Hmm. That's pretty strong. Yeah. I, I think that probably covers more bases than That's the thing. September. Like, there's, you know, something for everybody in that month, but again, one of the less well-received entries in the God of War series. Yeah. One of what I presume to be the less well-received entries in the Gears of War series. Yeah. But then Tomb Raider, Bioshock, pretty good. Yeah. Now, these next three mm-hmm. are all Novembers. Okay, makes sense. And this is where we get into the real heavy hitters. Right, okay. November 2007. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Okay. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. <laughs> Hell yeah. Super Mario Galaxy. Wow, okay. Assassin's Creed 1. Nope, Jesus. Wow, those timelines feel weird. Mario Party on DS. Never played it. Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Wow, the first one. Unreal Tournament 3. Okay. Crisis 1. Crisis 1 was 07? Yeah. I would have thought that was way earlier. Mass Effect 1. Jesus. Rock Band. Holy shit. Yeah, this one's clearly ahead. Yeah, November right now. 2007 was stacked. Started a ton of franchises. Next, November 2003. Oh, we're going way back. Beyond Good and Evil. Okay. Manhunt. Oh, wow. Mario Kart Double Dash. Hell yes. Ratchet and Clank Going Commando. Okay. Mario Party 5. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, wow. 
Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Damn. And Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. That's a pretty solid one. I'm going to look up which one Mario Party 5 was. I don't remember by number, but I remember by cover art. I'm going to let you look that oh, up. Oh, this one was awesome. Was it? Oh, I do remember this that's, cover. That's a good Mario Party. That's The GameCube ones are my favorites. Yeah. Now, November 2004 okay. was the one that this article referenced. All right. So I went and looked it up. Yeah. Counter-Strike Source. Okay. Killzone 1. Oh, all right. Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal. Right. People like that one. Spyro, A Hero's Tale. Hmm. I don't know what that game is. EverQuest 2. Shout out to EverQuest. Halo 2. Okay. Jack 3. Interesting. Donkey Kong Country 2. Okay. Metroid Prime 2. Hmm. Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3. Okay. Which people, a lot of people think is the best one. Half-Life 2. Damn, this is the Metal Gear Solid 3. Holy shit. Mario 64 on DS. Oh, all right. Spider-Man 2. Oh, right. The good one. And World of Warcraft. Wow. Yeah. As much as I want to give it to the 07 November. I think November of 07 has more lasting impact on us today. Sure. Me and you. Yeah. But in terms of like... Gaming as a whole. The fact Half-Life 2... Half-Life 2, Metal Gear 3, World of Warcraft. Yeah, that's massive. And then even for me personally... Spider-Man 2, yeah. DBZ Budokai 3, you know. There's a, there's something for everybody there, too. I'm surprised. In a way, I'm surprised. Well, I think it's interesting. So, I, I think you're right. I think that is the strongest month uh, officially declared by the Double Tap Podcast. But I, <laughs> I think I'm surprised by the fact that so little of those were modern considering how many indie games just come out now. Yeah. And you would think a normal month, like your average month of, you know... January or June or whatever, you would think those months would be stronger now because they'd be bolstered by at least a couple good indies everywhere. But at the same time, if you go back further, the logic would have been, oh, come out at holiday if you're a big game. So, I, I mean, as we just saw, like the the big, you know, tentpole games all coming out in November goes back further because they all just had the same intel, which was come out in November. As opposed to now where, you know, we just talked about games coming out in February, games coming out in May or whatever. Even though you might have those indies to bolster it, you don't have such a saturation of big AAA games all at once yeah, any, anymore. You know, it's skewed because you can argue that there's always a ton of big games sure. that are released every holiday season. Right. There's not always a ton of good games. Sure. Classics. Uh, like, I sort of was going through and I was like... Once I found a few good tent poles for each month, I was just like, well, what else was released? Whether mm-hmm. it was good or not. Sure. And I threw some of those in there just to give you more of a perspective no, of what was, was coming out around it. Yeah. But, like, November 07, like, when you just look at Call of Duty 4, Super Mario Galaxy, Assassin's Creed 1, Uncharted 1, Crisis 1, Mass Effect 1, Rock Band, like, Jesus. that's stupid. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all that's of that incredible. came out in one month. That is a... And that's, you know, the launch of the PS3. So it makes sense sure. that it was really, you know... They're getting a lot out there, selling yeah. a lot of consoles, but... It's like, what a cornucopia of games. Absolutely. So, yeah. Interesting thing to look at. Very difficult to research, if I'm being honest. Oh, I, I imagine. Yeah, thank uh, you for doing that, because that seems very hard to hammer down. The only good way to do it is to just go to Wikipedia and just look, and they'll segment it. By month, yeah. yeah. And if you just... I sort of looked at, like, what are the best years, and then mm. went and looked at some of those months. That makes sense. found a few of them. Yeah. But if you have a month that you think is better, let us, let us I, know. No, actually, I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, for real. If you if you if if there's a month that maybe you remember a specific month. Because, like, I kind of remembered March 2013. Like, yeah. I knew Bioshock Infinite was around that time. I kind of thought Gone Home was around then, but it must have been a couple months later. Um, 
because I want to say it maybe was in between Infinite and Last of Us, mm-hmm. so it might have been like April. Uh, but I remember that time being pretty heavy. If there's a month that you remember being like super heavy and super into, let us know. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious because outside of that one article, and I found one Reddit thread where someone asked this question, and we got one response. So I'm like, wow, not a lot of people talking about this. So. Yeah, we're breaking ground. Very true. Tanner, do you have a recommendation hmm. to wrap us up this week? I'm going to recommend Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered. I know I talked about it at the top, but I was still a little hesitant if I would get, you know, the value out of it or if my just, is this just a nostalgia buy and I play it for an hour and then I'm done? Nah, it's worth, it's worth your time. I've been wanting to come back to it. Like, you know, right now I've just been able to play a little bit at a night, uh, you know, 30 minutes an hour. And it's the perfect game for that. Like you can do oh, yeah. two or three goals, knock it out, or maybe knock out one whole map if you have more time. And then next time you come back, you have an entire new map to play with. So very true. Very, very good game. And it's on sale right now on PlayStation. So what I'm going to recommend is video games live. Mm, the music. Yeah, it's really good. Um, And if you made me pick, I said, if you made me get specific, level three, the album, mm. uh, just looking at some of the stuff on here, you got the Skyrim Dragonborn theme. Okay. You've got Tetris Opera. You've got the Zelda 25th Anniversary Overture. Beyond Good and Evil's on here. Pokemon's on here. Journey's on here. Nice. There's a lot of really quality video game music. And, like, the actual production of this music, because it's mm. a legit orchestra. Right. This was, like, a touring thing. I don't know if they still do this. No, they did it for a while, though. I, I, I wonder if with COVID, you never know. Yeah, it was, like, a series of, like orchestral concert events yeah, yeah. that I don't think it was like the same orchestra. I think it was like a guy who like went from place to place and like right. organized it with local like groups right. yeah, yeah. to do this. Touring conductor type uh, thing. But doing like really awesome, you know, compositions of these, you know, classic video game soundtracks and sort of legitimizing them in a way to sure. people who might just think that video game music is like I think that this is part of a larger conversation that's being that's happening too with like you know we talked about a couple weeks ago the game awards yeah. how the music is maybe the best part uh, it's I think people are finally tar- starting to take video game music seriously in a way I did see <laughs> I did see someone tweet the other day that's like man Spotify has every album from every 1960 artist ever and only has like three video game soundtracks <laughs> so like I think even I think now people are aware of it, but I want to say, like, even people who made video game music maybe weren't aware of the the want for it Just outside that, yeah. of the game. Um, so it's, That's true. It's cool to see that sort of revolution happening and, and people really realizing the worth of that. Uh, and it's through stuff like Video Game Live. So this is episode 23. Yeah. The GOAT. The GOAT. The Jordan. As to you out there, LeBron lovers. Who also wore 23. So maybe, exactly. maybe we're talking say. about both. <laughs> Should we go ahead and tease what we're going to do for 25? Sure. Do we remember what we were going to do for 25? Yes. All right. So we're going to be, there's one week between, one episode between now and what we'll do for episode 25. Yeah. But. And for 24, we're staying up 24 hours and doing a 24-hour podcast. No promises. (laughs) But for episode 25, it is going to be our countdown of each of our respective top 25 video games of all time. Yeah. We've done top 10 lists, that sort of thing before. Yeah. But, you know, it's always a living list. Sure. And this time we're going to expand it. Yeah, and I don't I don't know the last time I really sat down and did this. No, so it's been a while. It'll be interesting to see what's crept in, what new stuff has come in, what stuff has to get moved. Yeah, and this is one of those things where I want to give the people some degree of time if they want to think about their own list. Mm. Because this does... 
25 games is a lot to think about. Yeah, it's a lot fewer games than you think. Because I'm curious as to what is actually going to make the cut for me yeah. on this time. I have a pretty firm top 10. Sure. But expanding it this much, I'm actually going to have some flexibility as to what I improve or yeah. include, which I'm curious to see. Yeah, me too. But you should get excited for that. We're going to go watch some football. Yeah. So until next time, we're tapping.